Your ears do not deceive you. You've just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Hello and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I have a a very exciting episode today. I'm talking with uh, two creators. They have a new book that is coming out through Vault Comics. And uh, I was lucky enough to read issues one and two. Um, it's fantastic. I can't wait to talk all about it. And uh, in, in particular, I'm excited to talk to one of these 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 folks because I have been a fan of their work for a, a very long time. But uh, here with me today is writer uh, Christopher Sabella and artist Ben Hennessy. Uh, uh, Chris and Ben, how are you guys doing tonight? Real, real good. It's amazing yeah. for having us. <laughs> I am also good. Good, good. I was worried there was like a delay, and I was like, "Oh there no!" There's definitely a delay. I was, I was, I just saw everyone go very blurry, and went, "Oh no!" It's happened at the worst possible moment. They've changed their minds. They've they regret <laughs> doing this. Um, all right, so I guess let's just dive in and kind of get started. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say, Chris, I'm familiar with your work for a while now. I think since I first came across the. Uh, for anyone who who doesn't know the uh, the I survived the clown motel, which I know is like the thing that you said before, you kind of can't escape from. But it was the sure. first thing that I had heard about, um, and then before I knew it, I was all aboard when Crowded came out and was uh, you know all in for for Crowded, which is probably the the, the series I recommend the most to folks that say they don't like comics, nice. and I. I thrust that upon them. <laughs> that, that was part of our goal. Um, oh, good. And so let me start with you in terms of how did you kind of get your start in terms of writing and wanting to be a writer and, you know, comics in particular? Um, you know, I, I kind of always wanted to be a writer. I, 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 I've written since I was a little kid. Um, but uh, I don't know. It was uh, very scary the concept of like actually committing to a life of writing. So I avoided it for a long time and just kind of wrote for fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then I had like this sort of crucial life choice, uh, where I could remain living in Kansas city. Uh, and like, this is when the, the last time the economy was collapsing. Um, so it's like 2009, 2010. Um, and I was like, I could stay here with the money that I have, try to figure out what to do or I could like, this might be my last chance to really like go for it and try to be a professional writer. So um, for me, that entailed like moving to Portland where I knew there were at least two comics publishers um, and trying to write comics. So that's what I did. Uh, It was really like in retrospect, a very dumb thing. Like, uh, like I made the decision so last minute, it's like I didn't even give my landlords 30 days notice that I was moving out. I was just like, yeah, I'm gone. Like, uh, I literally left it last moment. So, uh, so yeah. So then I moved to Portland and, uh, started pitching comics. And, uh, then some people were foolish enough to say yes. And, uh, here I am. And were you, I mean, were, were comics always kind of like a a part of your life then were you like a reading them as a kid and, yeah, I started reading them in, uh, during summer camp in grade school. Um, 
And then when I went back to school, I uh, realized that there was a comic shop like two blocks away from school. So all the money that I used to spend at the arcade, um, I then like transferred it over to like, now I'm going to buy comics. Um, and then I got mad at, I've broken up with comics several times, um, but I always came back to them. So it was just like kind of intrinsically part of me and I couldn't shake it. So mm -hmm. uh, as much as I tried to run away from it, I decided to finally embrace it. And did you break up with them in terms of like, just there were other things in your life or uh, a particular storyline or, you know, once you started um, writing them, was it frustrating at times? It was, uh, there were lots of reasons uh, every time, you know, the first time I quit comics was because I was, <clears throat> um, I was going into high school and, or no, it's, this actually lasted longer. So I think it was like when I was getting out of high school, I was like, well, I can't be reading comics anymore. Like that's for kids. Um, so yeah, just like got rid of like years and years of comics that I just bought willy nilly and just like chucked them. Um, but then it was never story stuff. It was just like, I would, I think a lot of it was just exhaustion with superhero stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I remember like the second time I came back to comics was uh, like black hole, but Charles Burns was coming out. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't know, just stuff like that. And I, there were cooler shops by me. So I was able to discover stuff beyond superhero stuff. And that really, I think is what, sucked me back in fully okay and so uh, ben let me ask you then in terms of um so you're coming to us from ireland yeah yeah i come from um from wexford the southeast is as you can go in ireland and oh. uh, yeah yeah i was looking at a map today and i was because i've been to ireland twice but it's been almost 20 years and i was like i don't think i ever went that far south or east i think kinsale was probably the the furthest south and east, I, I and that's kind of like I guess in the middle south of Cork. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit more west um, than east, but you're kind of like it, it's such a small country. You're you're only a couple of hours of a drive away, really. You know, three or maybe three or four hours away max. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been great. Um, kind of been able to stay here and work from Ireland. Mm -hmm. I almost left um, to go and live in the states for a bit because I have friends of mine that were working in comics. I wanted to work in comics and they had done the thing where they went and spent some time in New York and uh, Dec Chaldee and Will Sliney. Um, and I uh, thought, well, well, maybe, maybe it's my turn to kind of give that a go. I was, I was young and I was single and I didn't have a mortgage and I didn't have anything to kind of keep me in Ireland. But then I had a loaf and my and a girlfriend, then my wife. And, um, I've kind of been managing to put a career together while staying here and holding on to her, and it's it's been it's been a, a funny turnabout, really, you know. But uh, mm -hmm. on this way, so kind of what in terms of the the Irish comic scene or like the the comics that you had, you know, growing up, were you a fan of comics early on? Did you always want to work in comics? Kind of what was your relationship to to comic books? Oh, it's it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, I I'm I probably wasn't as intelligent as Chris to uh, break up with it now and again and think about moving <laughs> on and trying something else. I just kind of kept digging in, you know. Uh, 
for 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 my my mental health or whatever. It just and I kept going at it. I think I was 16 years knocking on comics door before myself and Chris got something together and uh, finally got in the into the industry. But I think the first comic I ever got was I don't know if you guys got it on your side of the world. It was it was Sonic the comic, and it was kind of like um, it was kind of like a Judge Dreddy Sonic. Because Judge Dreddy is a word, and um, it, like it was kind of like um, there was a gap in time in the planet Mobius, if I remember it right, where um, Sonic and his band of rebels got blasted forward six months or a year or something forward in time, and when they come to, then Robotnik is taking over the entire planet, and all their friends, all the people are kind of enslaved, and they're they're building things that keep their friends in these kind of weird robots and if you're not in a weird robot you're helping create the weird robot and uh, it was it was brilliant it was just amazing um i devoured every issue it was the first time i had to pull this my mom brought me into my local bookshop it wasn't even a comic bookshop it's just just my just a bookshop and um then i found in the same bookshop like um wasn't like issues it was collector's edition so astonishing spider-man essential x-men those kind of volumes and right. I had been watching those cartoons and I didn't realize there was like comic books of these things and then I discovered a whole history of things I can go and read and uh, I, I've been reading them since um, then I got to Dublin and studied animation there in Ballyfermot and in Dublin I found there was actual comic book shops and uh, graced their uh, way must be at least once a week just to go and have a look see what was coming out um, what comics could I, could I not afford that week? That kind of stuff. And um, yeah, it's just been me slowly trying to handle uh, some kind of career as a storyboarder and character designer and animation. And there's a great comic book scene here, uh, or a great animation scene and comic book scene here. Like the, It's weird because uh, I don't think it exists when I go to other comic cons, but the Irish crowd seem to be really really helpful to one another you know someone needs to mm -hmm. meet someone or someone's going to introduce them if someone needs an inker or a colorist they know an inker or a colorist they can recommend for, for this kind of book and it's just been a it's been a great place to try and get in uh, because no one is kind of um being a gatekeeper in some way where like oh, i'm not going to show this like i kind of want to get in that way everyone's very kind of uh, helping each other and I don't know if you guys have heard about the animation industry here. But it's, it's massive. Like uh, a lot of the shows you kind of see, uh, mostly preschool are all done here. So I've had a pretty uh, great time working on one of the preschool shows. And then um, to go from preschool to Godfell has been a real, a real change in uh, in everything. Uh, it's been great fun. Yeah, that's got to be a real shift. No, I yeah. I didn't know that there was a big. I mean, I'm familiar somewhat with the Irish comic scene. I've talked. To some of the fellas, uh, mm -hmm. some of the folks at Limit Break Comics. Oh yeah, and I, th I think they're based out of Dublin. Yeah, um, great, 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 uh, I know those guys are great. Yeah, and so um, I was a little a little familiar with like the Irish comic scene, but I had no idea that there's such like a big animation scene, and a lot of the work gets done over in Ireland. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. There's there's quite a lot. Like I think, I think we we house one of the bigger studios in Europe. Um, uh, it generally changes between either Brown Bag or Boulder. I don't know which one, but is the moment I think it's Boulder mm -hmm. is bigger. Um, but yeah, but they got a lot of work in. They do some great shows. Um, you have Cartoon Slim, basically Kenny, who are four or five time Oscar nominees. I think 
Um, like there's there's a great scene here, and it, it really verges from all kinds of of television animation to feature. It's really good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so uh, I was lucky enough to read Godfell one and two today with with Vault Comics. I I think I love the 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 slogan on one of the covers I saw that just said God is dead. Who's next? Um, so for anyone that uh, hasn't seen anything about uh, Godfell yet, it's a new comic from Vault Comics, and uh, yeah, basically it, it looks like it opens up with uh, God is dead, and uh, God is a. Uh, uh, interesting sort of character, but I'll let I'll let uh, Chris and Ben talk about it. So, how did the two of you first come together to decide to work on Godfell? And just folks don't want to hear me talk about it, so I don't want you tell me like how do you uh, how did you pitch Godfell? Funny, Chris kind of pitched on the wind, but to me, Chris was kind of an accident almost. Like uh, it was one of those things where a writer puts out a tweet for an artist. And um, I kind of thought, like, I've answered these a million times. No one ever gets back. And I, I sent Chris, like, four images of some kind of fantasy art because he was looking for a fantasy artist. And I said something like, um, flutters the eyelashes alluringly, you know, uh, and put down the images. And uh, luckily enough, like, Chris actually got back pretty quick after sending that. And, uh, yeah, the pitch then was all up to Chris, really. Uh, yeah. Um, the pitch was... Uh... I, I wanted to, I'd been thinking for a couple of years about trying to do a fantasy book because it's the one genre I <clears throat> seem to have the most issues with um, or am like the least interested in uh, consuming. So uh, I, I like set this challenge to myself mentally of like figure out a fantasy book one day. And just one day I thought about uh, this really huge body um and a bunch of little people like trying to travel through this giant body and then uh why what if it was god and uh yeah it was just like one of those idle thoughts i have while i'm walking my dog um oh yeah one of one of those idle thoughts about people traveling through god <laughs> yeah I, you know i don't know where it comes from but it comes from uh it usually comes while I'm, uh, yeah, uh, taking a nice stroll. So, um, so yeah, after that, you know, it was a lot of world building. And then I sat down and wrote the first script uh, to see if I could do it. And I did. And I thought it was really good. So, yeah, then, uh, you know, this was before Vault was involved. I, I just had this weird pitch. So, um I, I tried to find somebody who'd be interested in doing it. Um, and yeah, Ben was right there. So it was uh, very easy. Like it wasn't a lot of like hunting around. It was just like, boom, mm -hmm. all of a sudden it all came together. Was there anything <laughs> particular about Ben's style that you thought would work with what you were doing? I just felt like it, uh, I mean, one, the, all the images looked really good. And two, like it was clearly came from a place of like, somebody who likes fantasy. And since I was somebody who has a questionable relationship with fantasy, I thought it'd be interesting to like have someone on board who like loves this stuff. And I thought like, you know, my sort of cynicism and Ben's optimism would <laughs> come together in an interesting <laughs> way. <laughs> so Ben, um, I haven't read issue one and two. It, it, it looks amazing. Thank you. Um, 
there's a couple of things earlier on. I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, just in the very beginning, I think within the first page or two, kind of the 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 uh, establishing shot of the the god fell or the god you know having fallen as it reverberates, showing each little area in this world and like these slices of panels, and everyone kind of has a distinct look, but they all seem to fit into this world together. I thought it was very well done. It's a way to do a lot of exposition and kind of put you in the world in with limited real estate. And I, I thought everything just looks really great. I wanted to know, like, what kind of were your influences if you were a fan of fantasy beforehand? What are, were, Is there anything in particular that you were pulling from? In terms of kind of Far Godfell, it, it's kind of been a bit different. There's been no specific real source been an amalgamation of a few things because because Chris's kind of vision of this wasn't your typical kind of fantasy. This like there's there's not like a big kind of Brandon uh, Brendan Sanderson uh, weird school and use of magic and, and and all that kind of stuff. This is a kind of funny enough it's kind of weird to say because then it's based in the body of a massive dead god. Um, but it, it's a bit practical in terms of how, how things kind of unfold and how the, how the, how the story kind of um, un, unravels itself. And uh, I wanted the designs and I wanted the acting and the characters to kind of portray that. I didn't want them to be bigger than than necessary. They have to be kind of subtle. So some of the designs are um, maybe not as outrageous as I probably would have done initially. Um, as we go on, Chris brought in these amazing uh, characters, and I get to go absolutely crazy on those characters. But um, initially, like you're kind of looking at sources like you know, Star Wars, Guillermo del Toro was a big one. Um, uh, just just how he kind of creates the, that kind of weird fantasy stuff in, in mm-hmm. Hellboy Two when they go into that underground world. Um, and he does lots of funny stuff too. Uh, kind of like putting some of those things in these little kind of disgusting creatures. Um, but uh, like it's been a lot of coming from animation and being a storyboarder, we always kind of were told to record ourselves kind of uh, acting out dialogue. So we find the correct poses. And I've kind of kept that in this, um, instead of taking maybe, uh, taking like a photo reference of a still image, I try to, I tried to act it out and then find the right pose it's somewhere in in my portrayal of how Zanzi would say this or how Neth would say something. And um, Zanzi and Neth being our main characters. And um, it's it's kind of it's kind of opened up a few things for me in this. Like um, there's been a lot of them fighting, but then I didn't want to lose people's interest when they when we have like uh, dialogues between people and there's there's pages talking heads. So I really tried to hit that kind of character performance with the with the with the with the people in the book, depending on what they're trying to hit and what they're trying to say. And it's been a lot of me kind of walking around in the studio here. You can see behind you just um, acting out minutes of dialogue and, and trying to find that pose in there. So a lot of the reference has really just been me trying to figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Um, it, there is a great sense of movement to it. I mean, I think it helps that, you know, the uh, Zanzi initially and then Zanzi and Neth are kind of on a journey. And it, there there is a, a lot of great action shots, but there is a, a great sense of movement to it. You always feel like it, 
the action is being propelled forward, which helps when you have characters who are kind of making their way from, you know, one point um, uh, to the other. Um, there are a couple of real th- things I wanted to point out that I really, really liked, like the uh, kind of the the shot of all the different realms in uh, Karathim. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Um, I liked that. There was also a panel. Sometimes it was difficult in the battle scenes to get a sense of Zanzi's size at times, but there was one panel in particular where I think there's some folks milling about and Neth, and you can't, I think it's just like the, the top of the panel stops at like Zanzi's like shoulder. <laughs> like she's not, rather than expanding the panel, she's just not fully in the panel. And I yeah. thought, oh, that was, I really like that. <laughs> it's great. Like, I mean, like, like the, the way kind of um, like when Chris described the characters to me when we had our first kind of Zoom talk after we we like met each other on Twitter, he, he describes Zanzi as like a, a, a force of nature in a human body. And I kind of tried to I put that down on the model sheet and I tried to kind of come up with what she was supposed to look like from the get go. And the world kind of revolved around that, like. Net had to be the kind of opposite to that almost. She, as, as Chris described her as a as as a ghost. Um, so we have this kind of really big, larger than life force of nature, you know, something that really can't be stopped, meeting our kind of um, immovable object in a way. So, mm-hmm. like I, I thought, the biggest and easiest way to kind of show everyone the difference between these two is in their size. You know, Net is quite small. Zanzi is massive. Initially, when I was designing the um, the horribles, the kind of bull horse you see Zandi riding on on the on the on the cover, um, I, I showed Chris these early on when I was trying to come up with what these these chimeras that live in Carthen would be, and I, I was going to have that horrible be like the size of a moose, and um, it was the size of a moose up until about page three or four when I had to put Zanzi on it. I went, this looks ridiculous. It's far too big and I have to take it down a bit. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, there's been a there's been an organic process of discovering what these guys should look like as well as we brought the book on. Oh that's cool. Um well Chris you said that you I mean you you've you've done a lot of different genres in your work but not really fantasy and kind of I like the idea of writing fantasy to kind of find your way into it. Um were there things that you, you know, like books or comics or movies, TV shows, whatever it might have been that you tried before and just couldn't get into or and and um like what is it you you kind of focused on with Godfell that you thought you kind of could latch on to to write this story? Um yeah, I mean, there are several big movies in my past <clears throat> that are fantasy. Um, uh, the Beastmaster, uh, Crawl, um, what was it? Oh, and Zardoz, of course, um, which I would classify as a fantasy movie. Um, mm-hmm. Skyrim is probably the fantasy thing I've spent the most time with because uh, there was a year where there was not a lot going on for me um writing wise i was very depressed so i put like a lot of energy into playing skyrim um like easily like a hundred hours so um so that's sort of my history and i've read um i've read some fantasy not a lot um i i lean more towards a, a urban fantasy um 
but I don't know. I, Game of Thrones is really the thing that like I think I rankle against most. Um, I tried it and it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and I don't know. There's something I don't know. I always called that show uh, Elf Titties, like because it felt like it was like ooh, like I don't know. <laughs> there was just something about it that just did, did not work for me. So I think that really brought up a lot of my my weird fantasy feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing Godfell was just like, it was just taking all the pieces that are sort of everyone else uses in fantasy and just uh, figuring out how I want to play with them. So yeah, instead of like, you know, throwing a lot of dragons and stuff like that, like I thought, yeah, I don't know. I just thought like put them inside a human body. Um, or, you know, put them inside a humanoid body and, you know, make their way, you know, they have to go through the leg and then up through the pelvis. And like, you know, there are all these different factions that will be claiming different parts of the body as their own. And, uh, it just, uh, you know, like the, the thing I f- think fantasy does best is it gives you permission to just go like more than any other genre. It gives you permission to just like go as big and as weird as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just tried to embrace that. Um, and really the, the hardest part of writing it was, uh, was not using contractions. <laughs> <laughs> I realized that I, I use a lot of contractions and for me, for me, like, I don't know, for fantasy feels like there aren't any contractions. So that's a thing. I just every issue I write, I, I have to go through and take out a couple that I missed. Right. Um, probably not as many opportunities for, uh, you know, like um, retail based uh, puns, like in uh, in Crowded. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's that's interesting, and I I really you know. Um, I really, I, I really like the look of everything, and I kind of like how it has taken some of those elements of fantasy that you you mentioned in terms of like a a hero esque, you know, like kind of on a journey, going through something, um, you know, the and actually not just the hero's journey, but like a physical journey, like traversing this world, Zanzi to get back where she wants to get to. It does have all those pieces. Um, it her character feels very modern though i don't know um uh, if i've seen a character like quite like that in terms of her like sensibility or at least a i guess a female character like that in in quite some time um but it 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 kind of feels like a fresh take on it i i feel like the there there would be an inclination to kind of um pair it like male female either one or the other rather than than two women which i think i kind of like that idea i like how they both play off of each other um and i kind of like uh i mean zanzi's dialogue is um you know very like coarse but she has a definite opinion and worldview that is very like interesting as she's trying to do this because it's kind of like a change in what's going on with her in one um which i really appreciate um you know, in terms of what kind of sets her off on her, her journey. Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I thought the most, the most interesting story, you know, it's like you build this amazing world and I, there was something to me that just felt like 
uh, there was definitely part of it that was funny, but also I thought was interesting that like her great journey is she just wants to go home. It's like, it's not about, you know, he has to, you know, defeat the king and bring justice to the, she doesn't care about any of that. Like she, she just wants to, you know, get where she's going. Um, and yeah, I like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, it was just like a lot of things I'd never seen in fantasy. Um, mm-hmm. And I figured like, you know, why bother writing something like this unless it's going to feel like something undoing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, really the hardest part is like, I think with most of my books is like trying to bite back on the jokes. So like, there's definitely like moments of humor, but it's, I don't know. Uh, once I get like two people together, it becomes, it's the crowded effect, I guess. It's just like banter. Um, right. So, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I was, I, I wanted to say something about the humor in it and where, I mean, for anyone who's listened to this, who I, I haven't converted yet, who hasn't read crowded, read crowded and come back and talk to me about it. Um, Cause I, I never get enough of talking about crowded, but uh, Charlie's a mess. And I kind of, that character, I think kind of lends itself to comedy. I liked in this, in terms of Zanzi says a couple of lines that I laughed out loud, funny, but in other contexts, they are, they are not funny in terms of like when she's confronted with a situation and she says, I'm going to do this. The choice is now yours. And it's, it's very, it's very funny. But it's it's not coming like from her. It's that's just how it's it's her reaction. She's straightforward. She's blunt. It's not really in the banter. Um, in particular, in the very beginning, I think she says something to two guards when they go to stop her. Um, and so, Ben, I was wondering, like, with those moments, like, what do you try and do to kind of like do you like lean into that and think about oh, what is going to be like? What is the direction of the panel? What do I want this person to look like? Like, do you? Would you lean into those moments where there's humor involved? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I think that the, my job as, as artist on this is, is to make sure that I'm consolidating Chris's script into the story that we, we've discussed. You know, I, I want to make sure that those moments that he's put down on the page, I manage to capture uh, pictorially for everyone to read. And um, he's, like, he, he's very good. I mean, he's four-time Meisner nominee. Chris knows what he's fucking doing, you know? <laughs> Uh, so it's 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 easy to go and look at his script and 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 I kind of see what I'm supposed to draw if you get me. Uh, like like we know Zanzi is a big intimidating character and she's kind of a hero to the army he's been fighting with. So to have those guys kind of stumbled across Zanzi and realize, oh yeah, you're taking a horse. Sure, take take whatever horse you want, you know. And then for her to just mm-hmm. go off with her horse and to have one of those guys just panic vomit. Um, just, just seemed like the right thing to do at the time, you know. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff, but like outside the comedy, Chris has there. There's, there's, there's real good dramatic moments in there too, and he's got a great way to kind of create a character without spoon feeding you everything about them. You know, just slowly tell you who they are, and it's far more engaging. I think so. While He's doing that. I'm trying to make sure I'm doing that as well. I'm not giving away too much. And uh, kind of how you see Zanzi talk about herself. 
it's, it's limited, as you said, it's coarse, you know, she's, she's quite direct about things, whereas Ned is a little more selective about what she's saying and what questions she's asking. Um, so, and, and then trying to portray that physically with them, you know, how how Zanzi barely moves her head. It's almost like she's in like that old Batman costume, you know, she's just like, you know, she's just tough. And whereas maybe Ned is a bit more fluid. It's, it's, it's a back to that kind of the opposite mm-hmm. of one another. It's, it's been, it's been real fun kind of exploring that area because coming from animation, I've, I've really only drawn really loose stuff before. So to really get into the nitty gritty kind of character acting details and render it uh, far early has been a real blast, you know? I mean, and it, it's great. I mean, the, the your character acting is absolutely wonderful. Um, your movement is is fantastic. You talked before about reference and like videoing yourself to get that you know right moment, whatever it might be, whether it's like swinging an axe and stopping mm-hmm. the video and and all those. But one of the the things I was curious about in terms of like the 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 scale of the panels because we're you know, we've seen fantasy settings before, if it's a castle or if it's the forest or where, you know, wherever it might be. But the idea of being inside this humanoid God's body, how do you kind of bring yourself to like the the scope when you're kind of paneling it out to make it seem like we're in a small space, we're in a big cavern? Like, how do you kind of approach to give a sense of like how big this body that the characters are traveling through is? Well, is that something you think about? Oh, absolutely. Like myself and Chris would have a chat before I kind of start into each issue so we can kind of discuss what this particular part of the body would feel, smell, look like, that kind of stuff. Because um, it's going to be different. Like the body is just huge, you know, like we're, we're crossing, it's, we're crossing continents almost. This thing is massive. So the kind of ecosystems, the, the things that can kind of live and, and and being maybe the leg are going to be different than what's in the pelvis and what's going to be in the pelvis can be different than what's in the lungs. And we see, uh, I use these words, Chris coined it uh, when we were first working on the leg, but there are these kind of flat hotels in, in, in the leg. And then we move on to another kind of, a completely different kind of, 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 of habitat or kind of a, kind of a town as we move further through the body. And we just started seeing all kinds of disgusting moldable funnels that gigantic maggot tapeworms have, uh, have been like deep to the god. And uh, it's been really nice to have that fantasy element that Chris talked about where I have a tool where I kind of push how big I look at because it's fantasy. But at the same time, we have been practical enough with how we use that too. I don't want to indulge that too much because I think I'll take away from what we have. So I have been looking at like all kinds of surgical images of people taking out nerves and putting nerves back in to kind of find out what parts of the leg would look like because despite the fact that God is, is really big, I still want it to be kind of linear, that they're, they're moving in a certain direction. So when they deviate left and right, I, I kind of want to bring them back into a uh, kind of a circular motion somewhere in, in some part of the day. Um, when we get into pelvis and we get into intestines, we have a bit more space to kind of play with. I can do a bit more. And some of our villains, like when I, I, like, I think we've had, there, there was a moment like where we talked about 
not having a big villain. Um, but then Chris wrote this fucking amazing villain. And um, I, I've been really enjoying kind of playing with him as well. And the, the kind of villains that I've come across have kind of structured these different settings for our characters, as well as, you know, the, the, the bodies themselves serving a certain kind of purpose that they would have a different kind of look anyway, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, your the the digestional juices and blood that go through the guts are going to be very different than the, the bone and, and, and muscle and stuff in the leg. So I've just kind of tried to look at what was available and then really push it and, and then see what kind of effect the people that live in that area would have good or bad on that and then and then just really just go for it uh, as soon as as soon as we come up with something usually it's within the call like i think myself and chris have been pretty much on the same page this has been a pretty easy uh like co uh co-production on this like i, I haven't really um, that i had to reach too far to to get the image that we talked about in one of our calls down on paper um so it's yeah yeah it's been it's been kind of fun playing with all the backgrounds and the weird kind of flora and gut bacteria that can make some kind of habitable area where people live in. It's been it's been fun. Oh, that's I mean it's it's oh, that's awesome. I mean it's just all of it's great. Um, it, Chris, when you first you know kind of had the idea for this, um, like. Do you start before you, you know, reach out to an artist when you have an idea? Like, do you like kind of like outline it from beginning to end or are you like issue by issue? Kind of how do you plot things out before you really start to script? Um, mostly I try to get the general shape of things with this. Like uh, the shape was already there, which saved me a lot of like it was like. Well, where are they going to go next? Well, it's like, well, the only place they can go next is like, you know, up the body. Like, so it was a, that was like the biggest benefit of setting things inside a corpse um, is that, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> there's only, uh, you know, a couple ways to go. So, um, and I knew what the ending was. Uh, and really that was, that was all I needed for that. Um, you know, I think when I, when I started in comics, I was much more regimented about like sitting down and like outlining every issue before I wrote, you know, the first one. Um, but I mean, the, the stuff I like about comics is how much you can change stuff based on your collaboration. So, you know, seeing what Ben does with a script will give me an idea of like, uh, like something I never had the thought of in all the months I've been working on it and then I'll want to go in a new direction. So it leaves me free to, to still improvise a little on the Mm -hmm. fly. Uh, I, you know, as long as we get to where I see it ending, um, you know, the, the road, the path there, like can go a million different directions. I'm not super precious about my scripts. Um, so I like to I like to be surprised, um, and um, if something is way different than I conceived of, like um, it sort of shifts my thinking on a lot of stuff, and I think that's always good. Like not getting too locked into something early on, and uh, 
because um, it suffers ultimately if if you're just like this has to be this thing. Um, like, yeah, I I uh, I don't have many regrets about any of my books, but uh, you know, um, I think the way I do that is that I I try to leave it open so I can even at the last minute totally rewrite something and Mm -hmm. it's it's ultimately better than than where it was you know um i don't know now i'm rambling no it's fine i i mean i get it i mean it makes sense to leave yourself open i like the idea of being you know still able to be surprised i mean i think that's that's true you can't you know no writer or you know collaboration in comics can be um can be precious about certain things and get and get too locked in um that that freedom to pivot is you know where a lot of the fun is um one of the things i wanted to ask uh is is there any significance and maybe you can't tell me this if it spoils anything i don't know is there any significance to like the positioning of the body um no that's just how the body (laughs) okay okay i was kind of like we went through we went through a lot that the god design was really the only one that went through a whole bunch of changes. Um, like, and uh, when we definitely, and when we ended up with something more definite, we wanted like this. This was our god. This was that kind of weird look that we wanted. That was humanoid, not your general kind of long-haired, beardy guy in robes. It was something very different, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I then kind of realized that oh, people kind of has to be an iconic pose and you know i thought of christ on the cross and and the vitruvian man and then like i just kind of thought that what can i do that's kind of like that and you know graphically i I kind of just tried to find some kind of shape i could take and twisting one knee in and having one leg out uh, one arm kind of down a bit lower than the other you know you kind of didn't want the the pose to be twin in any way and um, I kind of settled on this, and I thought, yeah, that that'll do. You know, I ran it by everyone. Everyone seemed to kind of think, it was, yeah, that that that'll work out. And it, the the itself kind of left us options that um, if there needed to be some kind of secret route through the body, the legs crossing over each other, give us an option to go in through another leg and then the other side. Um, things like that kind of came to mind, but. Mm-hmm. The biggest one was this is a god that's fallen in the land of Earth, and it's it's going to get some kind of follower, good or bad, and they're 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 going to take this this image, this pose, and worship it. It's going to be on things kind of like Christ on the cross. Um, so I kind of wanted the pose to look like something we could use as a graphic image going forward. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully we got that. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a one. There, one of the characters does kind of have like a a symbol of it, and it it made us like, yeah, of course, it makes perfect sense, and it looked good. It looked really good, uh, so that that worked well. Um, so I mentioned earlier in terms of uh, it's colorist, um, uh, Jonah Farrell and uh, Jim Campbell is lettering it. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of how did they, you know, come into the project? Have um, have I, either of you? I, I think. Uh, Chris has. Um, have you worked with them before, Ben? I, I know Tree. Uh, Trina like is Irish. I've been at loads of cons and stuff with her. Uh, I've wanted to work with her for ages. Um, 
So as soon as we were kind of on this, I was like asking Chris, like, you know, three, can we get three on the book? And then <laughs> thankfully we got three on the book. Um, unfortunately, she had to leave after the second issue. We got Vittorio Aston to take over colors. Okay. Um, but uh, like, I mean, I, I thought she nailed it. Like uh, the look and what she did with textures. Um, like, I mean, this, she's just brilliant. And she's so versatile with how she uses colors. Like, she's never colored any of my stuff before. There's other Irish colorists that have, and they've all kind of done something different with it. But uh, what she did was kind of this this flat kind of two-toned color with tons of texture that just kind of brings so much more life to the stuff. She makes me look like twice the artist I am. So I was really happy to have her on, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, the, all of it looks great. I mean, the book really does, um, especially in the the beginning scenes uh, when you're 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 meeting, you know, way after you get through the beginning of Karathem and you're kind of meeting who like Zanzi is, and you're kind of seeing what her situation is when we we find her in the opening. I mean, all of that stuff looks good, and then when she's on her little journey to make all the different areas and lands look different, it all really pops. So, and, and Jim Campbell's just a I mean, fantastic letterer, uh, whatever the whatever the genre is. So that's always uh, I always like to see Jim on a book. Yeah, I've worked with him a couple times now. Uh, I think he he came on to welcome back for our second arc, and then he just did Dirtbag Rapture. Um, so yeah, Jim's awesome. Like he never, I don't know. He he's been doing it so long and so many books that like it's never a worry like you just know whatever you throw like especially me because i tend to overwrite things so uh jim is at least used to me being very chatty and knows how to deal with it so Uh, do you ever try to like um do you ever pull back on that i mean do you ever think like oh i'm being too chatty here i gotta pull back or do you always do you lean into no i mean i first drafts are always the chattiest um, and then I, yeah, I go through and try to pair back to what's necessary. Um, but also I, I make no apologies for being a chatty writer. Like that's just who I am. Like I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think the, I, I want my books to at least like take twice as long to read mm-hmm. as everyone else's <laughs> single issues. <laughs> Like it's I, one of the things they pick up with Chris about the book is your dialogue. It's I'm brilliant. trying to give people bang for their buck, so it's like, <laughs> you know you you, you gotta you gotta take your time. You're gonna get your money's worth. Like, but it's just fun. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm you know maybe I'm too. Yeah, I've definitely I, I've pulled back on some stuff. Um, you know, I, I give myself weird little challenges um, on certain books, like. Like for crowded, I I had to give myself, which I broke this rule, but I was gave myself this rule that like I can't use any uh, like first person narration. Um, I sort of broke it a little bit with Cersei, but um, yeah. And then for this, for Godfellows, like this was the first time I could use an omniscient narrator and feel okay with it because it's like it's fantasy. Like they're all you know they all start once upon a time. Um, so that, that was the most exciting part about Godfell was like, cool. I get to use like some, I don't know, just some, uh, faceless mm-hmm. narrator 
right. um, who's dictating this story and like, you know, give, give them a little bit of snark. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. So it, it's a delight. And do um, I always like to ask in terms of, you know, comics and, and current comics, or is there, do you, do you still have time to read comics? Is there anything that you're like reading or into now? Um, yeah, I've been off the, uh, of everything for a while. The, I'm trying to think the, the last thing, the last like big book I read that really stuck with me was, uh, Zoe Thorogood's book, uh, journey to the center of the earth. Yeah. Uh, which was great. Um, so yeah, that's the, I have a big stack next to my bed. But then as soon as I lay in bed, I just pass out. So um, <laughs> I'm working on it. How about you, Ben? I've, I've got a stack here as well that has been kind of pretty untouched. The only stuff I've been kind of maybe keeping up with is Spider-Man and Saga. Um, everything else is kind of just... Um, uh, I, I'm starting to feel more like a collector than a reader of comics. Just, you know, it, there's good... It's it's off camera and it's kind of a shame pile and it's there to tell me that well the next time I get a moment to myself I have to get through some of these and I'll sit down you know um but uh, yeah I wish I had time to get through more like uh, like especially when some of my mates are making great books you know like um old dog I, I have to catch the latest one that came out but that's a that's a stellar book as well um and uh, I'm rereading Scarenthood have you read that one. Scare and Hood is mm. one of my, my favorite comic books of all time. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, what is it? It's Nick, Nick uh, Roach and Chris is O'Halloran. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, it was four issues and it was, I, I, uh, I got it for my brother to, to read because I described it as like an episode of Supernatural, but instead of brothers, there are four parents and it's set in Ireland. And he's like, yeah, I'm in, let me have it. <laughs> It's, it's great. Like I mean, he, he, like the, the sense of humor throughout is just it's just really good. It's really fun. And uh, I was telling someone about it recently, and I just had to kind of go. I, I want to go pick that up again. So even though I have this massive pile unread, untouched, I, I still went back to the one I'd read before. You know, great book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really I love it. It was one of my favorites when it came out. Um, yeah, I think everyone has a big to be read pile. I, I was telling someone I said I I so far behind on reading things. The only the only chance I get to read anything is like if I uh schedule an interview with somebody now because then I panic and have to read their book to talk to them about it. <laughs> so that's that's my method. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it one of those reasons, you know. Yeah. yeah, there are no deadlines on reading. If there were deadlines, I would read a lot more comics. Uh, yeah um and well i don't want to keep you too much longer um but i i really appreciate both of you coming on today um god fell i love the first two issues i love a lot of what vault puts out they put out a lot of like my favorite books in the past couple of years that i've really enjoyed big fan of money shot and like uh wasted space so um yeah, I, I really think everyone should go and pick up Godfell. Um, I think the first issue is uh it's coming out, what is it, February? Is it twenty second still? Yeah, that sounds right. All right. Uh in your local comic shop. 
So, uh, yeah, Godfell 1 and 2. Uh, anything else you want to, you know, let the listeners know about, you know, Godfell or anything else you have coming out? Um, I mean, what have you got coming out? <laughs> I'm working on some stuff, but it's secret. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, like, yeah, if you're somebody who isn't like a fantasy super fan, I think this might be a good gateway for you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just tried to write a uh, a fantasy book that like you don't have to be a nerd to like. I guess. <clears throat> <laughs> well, way to way to sell it, Chris. <laughs> here, I'm going. I'll, here, I'll. I'll but but I'll you can also enjoy. Right. I got. I gotta say though, he he is right. I don't think you need to be your your like you know reading fantasy for ages to get into this. I think yeah. you can get into this. It's it's a fun gateway yeah. fantasy book. You know, uh, you can get into the rest of your your hardcore fantasies after you've kind of done this. But I think you kind of get a taste for it all from this. I mean, as someone who, you know, I read a lot of different comics for, for this to do interviews and for, for comic book Yeti and stuff. And um, there were a couple of things that it reminded me of, but it's very different and stands very well on its own. I would say if you're a fan of like um, of Ascender or Descender with Jeff Lemire and, and um, uh, Nguyen, blanking on his first name, um, Dustin, yes, thank you. Or if, uh, Al Ewing and Simone DeMeo's, uh, we only find them when we're dead or little bird or Daniel Warren Johnson's extremity. Um, uh, if you're a fan of those types of things, which kind of have, uh, float from like science fiction to like, I think much more like fantasy, but clearly in a fantasy setting and characters, I think you're going to, you're going to love Godfell. Plus it has that little bit of, Christopher Sabella humor that we love from crowded and uh, similar books like Dirtbag Rapture. So I just, and Ben, your arts, it's absolutely wonderful. I mean, it's just, it's perfectly suited for this and your, your acting is wonderful in terms of your character. So that's, that's how I'm going to sell it to all my friends. Oh, it's way better than I could do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to clip this and play it back. Um, all right. Well, Godfell issue number one, Vault Comics is out February 22nd. Um, and so I really want to thank uh, Christopher Sabella and Ben Hennessy for being with me today. Um, this is uh, uh, Chris, you're someone that I've wanted to talk to for a long time since I got back, got into reading comics or got back into reading comics and first read uh, High Crimes and Shanghai Red. So this is a real treat for me to. Um, to talk to you and Ben, I, I love your work. And, uh, um, next time I'm in Ireland, I'll, I'll look you up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. For comic book Yeti, I am uh, Jimmy Gasparro, you know, please rate and review and say nice things about us on social media. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm an old man and I'm very sensitive. (laughs) Um, and again, thanks to Christopher and Ben and, uh, I will see you next time, everybody. Thanks for having us. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening.
If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.